Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week, we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. All right, guys, and we are here for a special episode. I have someone um, who's excited to be on the show, and I'm excited to have him on because he's a BSW and an MSW graduate, so that speaks to my heart. So I want you guys to welcome Chris Gazdick. Um, Chris has been practice, practicing mental health and substance abuse counselor for over 20 years. He is co-founder of the Psychological Services of Charlotte and founder of Metrolina Psychotherapy Associates. Chris is also the founder of a fun and interesting podcast called Through a Therapist's Eyes. And you guys really have to check it out because we're going to talk about one of those episodes. Amazing. Chris has earned his bachelor's degree, a BSW, and an MSW from West Virginia University, where he graduated with honors. All right, Chris. Just got to say I am a proud <laughs> Being a proud mountaineer from the state of West Virginia, his work in the mental health and substance abuse field as a therapist and public speaker has taken so many forms. He has been a DUI class instructor. Well, okay. <laughs> Don't drink and drive, guys. Don't drink and drive. We know an instructor now. Um, crisis intervention specialist, family support worker, and has practiced in mental health centers and direct therapy practice agencies. He has also worked for the School of Social Work at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, as a field liaison and been a preceptor with Gardner Webb University's Physician Assistance Program. All right, guys. So just welcome Chris to the show. So excited to have you here, Chris. So just kind of introduce yourself. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, to hear you kind of put that stuff out there that way is, is, is kind of weird to hear the running list. My life seems so simple, but, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of universities and whatever. It ain't that, it, it's, it's simple. I'm, I'm, I'll introduce myself as a therapist. Essentially, that's what it is. <laughs> and that's super exciting because we're both therapists and I was I was like, yes, he has a BSW and an MSW. Let's, <laughs> let's celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the reason I say let's celebrate because there are less men in the social work field. And so when there is a man in the social work field, the women are like, hey, <laughs> how are you? Right. Welcome. <laughs> the, the, the college classes were always kind of fun, I must admit. I, I could only imagine. There's not a lot of dudes. <laughs> not not at all. Not at all. Listen, I gotta apologize. I've got uh, allergies going on. I, I feel like my voice is not quite like I want it to be, but I got my my uh, coffee with honey here, so we'll we'll see how uh, how this playback. It's out. okay. This is an authentic space, right? So we're here to be authentic. Yeah, you got a cold. You I don't have a cold. Thank you, thank you. So, in talking yeah, about checking yeah. out my show, I checked out your show. And I really wanted to touch on episode 64, Addiction and Family Dynamics. Like that show, I was going through different shows and that one spoke to me the most because um, not only have I had in my paternal side of the family uh, struggles with alcoholism where, you know, I've had my father's siblings pass away of complications of alcoholism. And I also had a brother who passed away of a drug overdose. So this was like, wow, let's talk about the family dynamics oh, wow. that people really don't talk about. Right. 
So can you tell us a little bit about the show? And I right. really want you guys to go listen to his podcast and he'll tell you where it's at after the show. So you have to sit and tune in the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the, the particular show or just the whole show? Well, the particular show, like just, yeah. you know, the essence, the crux of it. Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of different things on our show, mental health and substance abuse, and, and that one particularly, uh, I don't know why it took us so long to get into it. I mean, it was like, what, episode 70-something you said? And, 64, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and, and, and you know, it's it's a it's a component that in the substance, well, first of all, let me back up, man, it, it drives me nuts that, um, you know, in our field, uh, Jamili? Jamili, right? Jamili, it's okay, listen, my yeah. wedding, ah. the priest <laughs> messed up my name, so... Uh. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I took when my brother was going through his substance abuse and addiction. Um, he was still alive at that time. I took a course. I went to Fordham University and I took a course and I was just like, this is not for me because I, it, I think because it hits home for me so much where I couldn't remove myself um, from having any transference issues. And that, that's just the truth. We have to be honest about it. And so that's not that's a population for me. Obviously an ethical thing in our field. Right? Yeah. You know, something speaks too much to you and it's too close and, and you're not able and comfortable to be able to operate, well, then you refer, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's fine. But but unfortunately, there's so many of us that just sort of take it as, I don't want to deal with that substance abuse <laughs> stuff. I don't want to <laughs> deal with that substance abuse stuff. And, and, so, and they just don't. And, and there's this great divide where everybody's mental health and then the mental health people refer out for the substance abuse or you go see a substance abuse clinician yep. and you refer out to the mental health. Now, that's changing a little bit. I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've been around for a minute and, you know, and re really in the last 10 years or so, like I've even seen Claudia Black. I, I listened to her on a podcast. All right. All podcast listener Podcasters. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know what these things were until uh, I know. a couple years ago when we started. Anyway, she's, she like spoke to that. Claudia Black, do you know her name? No, no, no. I, and I think I'm going to check her out because um, yeah, I just she, love podcasts. She, she's amazing. I saw her live one time, and, and she, uh, uh, she she did a lot of groundbreaking work in the 70s and uh, 80s, well, probably more the 80s and 90s, where she was really dealing with just this topic, the family dynamics. Yeah. And so my point is, I'm kind of trying to come around to, is a lot of clinicians do not understand the family dynamics mm -hmm. of addiction and mm -hmm. how that works, and it's a whole thing. So back in the 80s and 90s, we started figuring out that the whole family is uh, is affected by this dynamic issue of one person's substance abuse and addiction. And so absolutely, we really had to incorporate family programs and, and, and this type of thing that helped all of the family members come in and get their stuff dealt with. And that was a huge switch because an individual would go to treatment. They'd be there for, you know, for themselves or, or longer mm -hmm. and, and they'd go back home and the whole family unit was the same. Right. And the whole so, family was angry. The whole family was throwing things in their face, oh, you did oh, this, you destroyed the family, you did. It's a lot of shame and blame when it comes to um, looking at the family dynamic with a person who's struggling with substance abuse and addiction. We spent an hour highlighting that on our show, and I feel like we could go for four or five of them or do a whole podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so when a therapist doesn't have substance abuse knowledge and they're meeting with somebody and they may not have, even have addiction issues, 
but uh, they've been tremendously, not not a little bit, but tremendously impacted by, you know, how that goes through in, in the in, in through the course of their life. Yes. Uh, you know, dealing with that family member. So, yeah, that that was that's probably. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we did that show, but I guess that's probably the the main origins. And I think for me, just looking at the kids that we work with, um, we see COSA kids, children of substance abusing parents. And so the dynamics of the kids and their behaviors and their reactions to a parent who's struggling with addiction is, is hard. Um, the treatment is harder when kids feel discouraged, not only because they're in placement, because I work with children in foster care, but to see that their parents continue to relapse. And that anger continues to build in children. And so the treatment and the therapy component where you're talking about talking about the whole family dynamics is important. But also um, enablers. You know, the parents. some parents can be enablers or just giving their child money just if the child suffers from addiction, you know, to kind of shoo them away or have them not be much of a bother or get them agitated or irritated to kind of like just pacify it. And I think we don't talk about that. We don't have those conversations where sometimes parents become the codependent in addiction. Oh, yeah. Oh, as a matter of fact, yeah, man. I mean, uh, of, of all the things that I work with in the therapy world, um, the one of the more prickly ones or difficult ones <clears throat> are a parent dealing with a child. Yes. Uh, you know, with addiction. It. I mean, I don't know how you're not to use the buzzword codependent in that situation because it's just <laughs> your heart that's in that kid. Right. And, and, uh, you know, and, and then you get people that kind of have these blind spots and then just all simple. Oh, the parent cracking them out. I mean, what are you doing, man? Why, why are you putting up with this? And, and, that, and that sometimes has to come to that. So definitely don't hear that wrong. I mean, you know, people understand the concept of tough love. But, man, to have a kid that you love and, and, and are rooting for, I mean – you know, from my eyes and my perspective, I can easily see where you've got the 40, 30, 45 year old kid living at home with their mom because right. of addiction. I right. Mean, it happens. It, I see it in my office. Right. And these are not crazy people. No. I mean, these are just. <laughs> These are normal family. It is a tough issue. And you know what's interesting? When you talked about tough issue, I thought it was important when you said, I wish there was like, um, what was it, a penicillin um, to break through and end addiction. It's like oh, yeah. anybody would wish we could take a penicillin to kind of end mental illness, end addiction, um, because it's tough. It's a really tough um, situation to see family members deteriorate, decompensate when it comes to addiction. It's, it's hard. Well, you know, it, it really is crazy. I mean, you know, we, we, we did a show um, with a gentleman named Joshua Shea, and he he's, uh, very courageously comes out and tells a story about sex addiction. Uh, and uh, he's in recovery of this, and he was a big story, evidently, up in the uh, wherever he was, New England area. Man, he, uh, he he he's he's talking about that, and as a, as even one of the types of physical addictions. And we did a part one and part two with him. I saw that, and I and that yeah. is definitely on my next to listen list because we don't talk about sex addiction as well. No, and I'll tell you what, um, part one really doesn't even have anything to do with about sex addiction. We had a pretty dynamic conversation just about what is addiction. Mm. Which is funny because uh, my co-host, he, he's a, uh, you know, he, he's just, he's, he's a buddy of mine and, and, and he's uh, actually, he's now a life coach. He's, oh. he's a certified, <laughs> certified life coach. So that's kind of cool. It's a developing thing for him. But he has learned so much on our show because, he, you know, I purposely worked with him 
you know, just to have the sort of the cold view. You mm-hmm. know, he, he's just a normal Joe that's hanging out, and uh, his progression of understanding of addiction, like over the course of the last however long we've been doing this, mm-hmm. has been fascinating to watch because it's come up multiple times. Right. Because the question even of what is addiction is massively confused in um, you know in the world and area around us. Uh, and so the whole part one of Joshua Shea's episode was, was really about what the heck is this thing anyway? Yeah. I mean, and, and people don't know how to identify it and, and addictive behavior. Some people are addicted to food. Some people are addicted to work. There's so many components of addiction that we don't talk about that. We only solely focus on alcohol and substance abuse. Well, and what we, and what you'll learn or see on there is what we identify it is because it's very much not compulsive behavior. You've got the drugs and alcohol, pot pills, all that. And then you've got only four, only four process addictions. Mm. Uh, so people will use that expression a lot of times, you know, hey, I'm addicted to sports or I'm addicted to picking my nails. or addicted. The only behavioral addictions that's recognized, as far as I understand it, is uh, gambling addictions, sex addictions, eating addictions, and uh, newer on the scene, not in the States, but the World Health Organization, does classify online gaming addictions. Finally! 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 I mean, and I tell my son about that all the time. I'm like, get off of your games! <laughs> well, we had a couple shows on that too, man. That, I, I was actually caught flat-footed and a bit ignorant. Um, I went to a conference uh, and we had a guy named Dr. Uh, Denny, uh, Dr. Weigel who was on our show. And uh, that was a dynamically interesting one too. And, and I was learning as I went on that one. Yeah. Because the social media aspects and are, are really, oh my gosh. Just the social media aspects. addiction. Come on. When sometimes you're just mindlessly scrolling and you're tired and you're like. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It, the anxiety that it creates. And, and he did draw a distinction in there between, you know, the social media impact, particularly with kids, but all of us adults creating anxiety and being compulsive use. But the addiction does not apply to that. The addiction applies to online video gaming. So it's mm. like, you know, these, these are people that are playing a competitive game that you're engaged with. But generally, they're, I mean, they're, they're hitting this thing 18, they 17, 20 hours in a 24-hour period most yeah. days of the week. I mean, that's, we're talking about, you know, upper level. Yeah. Stuff, I, I have a client, um, I have a client or had a client, um, who just was not going to school, severe addiction to playing yeah. video games. And then that leads to the system getting involved. Well, why your kid is not going to school? And so oh, now yeah. then becomes the removal and now the kid is in foster care because they're freaking oh addicted <laughs> to yeah. playing video games because they're not going to the school and they're up and they just don't sleep. It's that wanting to get points and stats and you know they they've tried to explain to me the kids and i'm like i don't don't know what that means but just points and stats and this and that and you hit this rank and this level and it's fun it's (laughs) i'm like i don't understand i'm a gamer oh (laughs) but when you hit when you hit the addiction level yeah now it it is it is now it's taken over life i mean there are people that are not showering they're yeah yeah, this, this 18, 18 hours, like yeah. you said. I mean, it takes over. Over you, yep. Pretty, pretty, and then again, you get back to the topic, I guess, family. You know, family's watching that. And mm-hmm. something too, like, well, what do I do? I mean, right. You know, how do we manage this? Uh, managing addiction is 
not easy parentally, that's for sure. And talking about family, I think, um, and looking at my family and what we went through with um, my brother, my parents are super religious people. So everything was like, we'll pray for it. We'll pray it off. We'll pray for this. We'll pray for that. And of course, here comes the social worker. He doesn't need prayer. <laughs> he needs prayer and support. He needs prayer and this and that and that. And it was tough being the social worker in the family, but also a bit of a hard ass. I was a hard ass. And I think about it and I think in my grief process with my brother, I, I felt a lot of guilt because I was hard on him and attacked him for his addiction instead of um, being a bit supportive. It was just like, how are you shaming the family? Why would you do this? We don't do it. Like, we don't. Like, if this is the status thing without looking at intergenerational transmission of trauma. And I spoke about that in one of my last episodes where these are yeah, things that, that are cool. passed down, right? And, um, my, you know, thinking about my paternal side of the family, well, of course my brother was going to have this issue if genetically we got it in our system, you know, this this alcoholism. But for him, it was something else. And... It took years of trying to understand it and the family shame that came behind, oh my God, my son died of an addiction and these are two really religious and spiritual people. My mom didn't want to talk about it. My mom, you would, she would be like, tell them it was a heart attack. Tell them it was something with his heart. And it's like, mom, we have yeah. to be honest. We have to have open and honest conversations. And I did that with my son, especially once he hit the teenage years. I was like, let me tell you about your uncle. This is why he passed away. It was not because of this. It's because of this. Because we have to be open and honest and kind of remove the shame from it. Because the shame is kind of what really, it, it, it's almost like it infects us. It's an infection. It continues to kind of spur. And you put that shame in it and it festers and festers and festers um, until it explodes. And you can't manage it anymore. And we it have really to be, is an it, it is it an infection. It does take over the psyche of a person and even biochemically. You know, I would imagine that that has that has an impact. You know, it's funny you talk about the transgenerational. That was a cool concept. Um, is a cool, I should say. Uh, I heard something early on with this talking about family dynamics. I think I said it on the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like hard to believe. Yeah. When I first heard it, I was like, Nah, man, that's that's crazy talk. But but as I as I've practiced for years and years after that, now I, I really see it. And what, what, what it is, is transgenerational, right? Like, if you look at one person's, let's just take, make it simple, alcoholism addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, one person's alcoholic behavior affects three generations, assuming they're all sober. That was so after. poignant when you, oh my yeah, God. So, I was, like, trying to take yeah. notes, but, it, like, the episode kept going, and I was like, I don't want to go back because I wouldn't. <laughs> but when you said that, that was like, oh my, it's true. It, it yeah. kind of matched what I, I discussed about intergenerational transmission of trauma. It takes three generations. So could you imagine, we're still not over that generation for my paternal right. side of the family when it comes to that. Absolutely. The three and, generations and, and hasn't flowed. <laughs> and that's assuming that everyone after that one person right. stays sober and doesn't have addiction, right? Exactly. Let me qualify that by saying doesn't have addiction. It's not necessarily sobriety, but it's addiction. There we go. That might sound confusing. No, 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 but that's, that's poignant. I think it's important to kind of uh, separate those two because sobriety is you had addiction and now you're staying sober. Yeah. And so well, we have to. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, well, and what I was thinking about there is, I mean, like, let's just say my grandfather had addiction mm -hmm. and then my mom didn't have addiction, but she drank a little bit and whatever, but she's the first generation. So then my generation, my level, you know, I may drink alcohol or whatnot. I don't have addiction. And then my kids finally 
eradicate the emotional and social effects of all of that three generations but let's say my grandfather had addiction mm -hmm. my mom was appropriate and got well and weller or whatever and then i had addiction well that three generations starts over it starts over yes yes right? i mean because of the powerful shame-based emotional-based mm -hmm. guilt-based uh overwhelming nature of what addiction creates in the life of somebody and I, the family. Yeah. I was completely geeked out when you you were talking about them like yeah <laughs> of course, absolutely. So I'm but, still in the generation. So the three generations gotta figure it out from there for me. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. So, what are some tips um, that you would give listeners? And because I wouldn't say uh, advice, because as therapists we're not here to give advice, but tips. Right. You know, what are some tips that you can give the listeners? Oh my gosh, I could talk for hours. Oh. <laughs> well, with regards to being supportive or the family dynamics when, when there is a person in the family struggling with addiction. Oh, okay. Well, so, yeah. So, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind, honestly, when you say that is um, it, you've really got to realize that there's got to be a lot of internal, you know, process going on. Mm-hmm. And you're not able to really do a whole lot anyway until you get, you know, that kind of grounded in, grounded down, and, and, and set up. Like you said, you know, you, thank you for sharing. It's very courageous and super cool of you. You know, when you went through with your brother, you said, I mean, you have all this anger and all this confusion mm -hmm. and all this hurt. Because you know as well as I do, by the way, for all you listening out there and, 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 and family members, they know. They hear me talking and it's like they, they can't they, they, I'm not that here yeah I'm not that here to them in my home and I'm not that to myself right right so you lose all of that mm -hmm. <laughs> you think that we would know right we don't know so you have a lot of anger a lot of guilt a lot of things that you do internally which is what we do in family programs and in therapy I'm kind of looking at talking about addiction in your life as a person that's not addicted right and that has a whole lot of component there so so you forget that though because you you know you you really think oh well Johnny yeah clearly you know little Johnny's had some addiction and that's that if, if little Johnny would get figured out I'd be fine right because it's or, little Johnny's issue not my right. issue it's little Johnny right or or my dad would just act right you know yeah or, or my mom would get off of her pills and right. I, my life would be great well you know what wait a minute because there's other things going on in, internally it's there. deep so it's deeper rooted you have to think yeah. about the trauma and the pain that they're experiencing and i know i've shared this in my other episodes but when my brother passed i found his journal when he was in in uh, attending recovery and he said things because um culturally my parents were born in the dominican republic and we were born here and so uh, when it yeah <laughs> so when it comes uh, to language and conversations and and the way things are translated um, one thing that he said that stuck out was um, that my parents would be like, yo no sé con, de, a quien tu saliste. Who did you come out like? For an American, it's like, what do you mean? Yo no sé a quien tu saliste. It's, who did you come out like? I don't know who you came out wow. like. So it's like, what's my place in this world? Then who yeah. am I? Where, where do I fit in? And so that yeah. kind of changed the trajectory of his path and who he was hanging out with, who he was spending time with. Um, because it's like, my parents are telling me who the hell I came out like. That means I'm not like them. And so that was very interesting. That sat with me where it was just like, wow. My brother was going through something and I didn't know. 
And then, of course, you feel that social work guilt because you're like, but I'm in the fields. I should have picked up on it. I should have done something. But everyone goes through their things. And, you know, we're here. We always want to we're, we're wounded healers, but we can't save everyone. And especially when it comes to your family, it's just too close to home where it's hard to kind of jump in and, and mediate that because you're still going through the familial trauma of what that absolutely. other person is going I'm, through. I'm just a brother in that situation. Yep. I'm absolutely. Just a and not, you know, yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you do. You have to kind of be aware of managing your own. Um, you know, another thing I, before I, I forget that it would be remiss. I mean, I, I am a big believer in the 12 step program. Mm. I mean, they're, they're really the uh, uh, creme de la creme, I would think, in, in the substance abuse field. I mean, mm-hmm. there, I know there's a lot of controversial things out there that people say about it, but. I like the quote um, that I heard actually before I even started anything in treatment. Not mm-hmm. my quote, but a waiter. He must have been in recovery. The dude had to be looking back on it. But <laughs> he said, uh, "He said that what works best for most is, mm. is certainly the twelve-step AA program and such." So for family members, uh, you mentioned CODA. You know, in mm-hmm. the country, uh, you got Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are these are groups that operate on the twelve-step program because that's actually a way of life. That that's that's a, a whole process that you go through to get the talk about tips and tricks man i mean they got a tool back better than anything i could ever create absolutely absolutely thank you so much chris so let's talk about where can all the listeners find you and where can they listen to your podcast because i know where it's uh, at but they need to know where it's at <laughs> cool. yeah the, the show is uh i guess i don't know how to do all that craig's a tech guy call him <laughs> i don't know yeah, no, it's uh, it's wherever you find podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. Our website is MetSite, or I'm sorry, that's my, my company's uh, sponsoring website, MetSite.com. That's where I do work. No, my uh, side gig and fun gig is uh, through a therapist's eyes.com, is, uh, where you, you can listen to them and the, the blog, uh, podcast blog tab there. I also got a book coming out. I, I, I don't know how to do this either. Man. Yeah, I, let's I do it. Let's talk about it. What is what is your book? Up. Listen. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm excited uh, I, for you. I recently finished this thing, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, I, I just got a, 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 an agreement signed with Morgan James Publishing. And so that, that's going to be a crazy process. Like when I click off here, I'm going to click on there and see what they told me to do next. <laughs> I don't know. Because they tell you what to do. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a book coming out called Through a Therapist's Eyes. You get the platform there. Um, you can be emotional and remain safe. Uh, book one is the self. Ooh. And it's all about quotes and thoughts that come to me through therapy sessions. And I kind of just wrote them down and wrote about it. And I had an editor that made it sound good. And <laughs> That's what editors do. I get, oh, man, she's awesome. Yeah, so then, then we'll, uh, in the future, we'll do book two, marriage, and book two, three, parenting, and book four, the... Uh, friendship so we, we've got we got some things going on yeah and you got some exciting things and i'm so honored and thankful and grateful that you are on my podcast to kind of share your expertise and to and share your platform so guys tune in through a therapist eyes and you can find them on apple podcast stitcher or on the website www.throughatherapisteyes.com and you can listen to all the episodes so tune in and thank you guys for listening Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at imbeauteousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. 
Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button now.